Hey, how's it going, YouTube? Uh, this is Eric Abroad with the Eric Abroad Podcast, which I'm changing the name to. We're changing the name of this podcast starting today to the Eric Abroadcast. Dun -dun. Oh, why don't I have any sound effects today? Why didn't I hit the sound effects button? Why am I uploading this podcast two days late? Well, uh, three days ago, my computer took an absolute shit, meaning it like broke. Um... I basically got on my computer and it was being funny and I was like, all right, you know what? I'm really tired of this. Like I was getting a lot of errors, a lot of pop-ups, a lot of weird stuff. I'm like, I'm just going to kind of like, um, I'm going to upgrade to windows 10 because it's like a free upgrade. And so I was going from windows eight, which is a piece of trash. I hate windows eight. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll go to windows 10, start deleting and cleaning up, uh, some of the shit that's maybe, you know, causing problems and we'll fix it. Well, I'm an idiot because that didn't work at all. I upgraded Windows 10 and it ended up literally, um, I would log into the computer and it would just crash. Like I tried everything. It crashed. It just, it would, you'd log in. It would go for about five seconds and crash. Uh, I tried booting in safe mode. It, just believe me, I tried everything. Um, so I've basically spent the last 48 hours um, wiping, literally wiping my computer back to zero. Um, I was able to like... Um, I was able to save, luckily, able to save a lot of my important files, like my uh, my YouTube channel, you know, video files and my podcast and everything. That's all backed up, luckily, on another drive. Um, always back up your shit. If you're ever getting into, like, filmmaking or even just life, have a backup drive because it, I, I was like, fuck, my computer's broken. Good thing I backed up my shit last week. I just, I back it up. I, I try to make an effort, like, every two weeks to just back it up to a drive. Um, so that worked out. Anyways, I'm on Windows 10 now. The computer's basically brand new. Um, and because it's brand new, I'm missing like everything. I don't have anything. All I, all I have installed on my computer is the internet, like Google Chrome, uh, my recording software for this podcast. And I guess that's it. Um, so I don't have any of the software for my like sound effects. I'm like pushing all the buttons. Nothing's happening. So, uh, no sound effects today, even though I never really use them anyway. Uh, I will at some point. Um, but yes, sorry for the long intro guys. And I apologize for the delay. That's why my podcast came up, uh, basically, I guess two days late now. Um, I posted it on my Instagram. So those who saw me on Instagram, I have a small following on there. If you ever, I don't know, I wish YouTube had a way for me to just like send a mass message to all my subscribers. I feel like that's not too hard of a thing to ask for. Like, like a way that I can like keep you guys informed, like, Hey guys, Happy Monday, gonna be posting it, uh, you know, two days late this week, sorry about that, you know, love you guys, you know, why doesn't YouTube have that? Why is that not a YouTube? Like, hey, YouTube, why is that not an option? Because uh, that was really frustrating, I, I wanted to, like, tell people, and anyone who, I actually, uh, you know, this podcast has almost no followers, but, um, so I didn't, I was like, okay, it, I feel really bad, and it sucks, but there's nothing I can do, so we're just gonna wait it out, but I was surprised how many comments I actually got People saying like, hey, what, what, what's up with the podcast? Where is it? And people like on Instagram were messaging me like, hey, I'm trying to listen to your podcast, but I don't see it. Like, where is it? I was like, oh, shit. Um, so I was flattered. Thank you for asking about it. Um, but that's the problem is I, I had no way of really telling anyone. Um, so I guess my best advice, and this might sound like I'm plugging, but follow me on Instagram. I don't know. There's How else should I let people know? I don't know. Uh, not that, Not like it's the end of the world, but there was just a lot of people like, oh, I was going to listen to your podcast during work or 
you know, after my test today or while I'm driving, I was like, oh, damn it. I'm so sorry. I felt really bad, but it's, it's not, you know, well, it is my fault for trying to upgrade to Windows 10. Um, I guess that's a bad thing. I don't know. Anyways, guys, thank you, and uh, welcome to the the Eric Abroad podcast, which I'm now renaming. Um, I got a comment last week. Uh, basically, I was asking, like, what should we name this podcast? Because I couldn't think of, like, a creative name. And this name, it's, um, I mean, it's pretty simple, but it works, and I, I like it a lot. Um, it is, all credit goes to the YouTube user, the Mech War 88 The TheMechWar88. Thank you so much, man. Um, the comment is on my previous podcast video about, what was it about? celebrity treatment in japan and uh the mech war 88 suggested that we should call the eric abroad podcast the eric abroadcast so boom that's the new name the eric abroadcast i guess so welcome you guys to the eric abroadcast um this was supposed to be for november 28th on monday uh we're now uploading it on the 29th tuesday so thank you guys for tuning in thank you for listening um yeah, again, this week's also unscripted, so I apologize if I go a little, or I kind of lose my train of thought here. Um, basically, a few things. Um, let's see. Uh, next week, uh, so for the next podcast, which I hope to do on time, I'm going to be doing it on Sunday afternoon. It's going to be live next week. Um, I guess that's technically this week. but So this week on Sunday, what day is that? I should probably check all this stuff huh, before I like announce it. It's the December 4th. So on December 4th, um, at 5 p.m. PST, Pacific Standard Time, I'm going to be doing the first Erica broadcast live. Um, not, not, else, not much else to say on that because I don't really know how it's going to go. Um, I think I have all the software like installed and upgraded and ready to go. Basically, I'm planning from 5 p.m. on Sunday, just allocating like two hours, maybe even three hours of just we're just going to hang out. So it'll be a podcast, but it's going to be, um, I'm not going to go into the podcast really with like a topic. Uh, today's topic, by the way, is Japanese food for those uh, who are wondering, we're going to be talking about Japanese food. Uh, cause I got really hungry today and I thought like, oh yeah, that'd be a good thing to talk about because Japanese food is debatably the best food in the world. If you're into it. Um, and I really, really fell in love with Japanese food while I was there. So we're going to be talking about that. But yeah, on Sunday, so it's going to be live. That'll be 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, which is like West Coast uh, American time. So just punch that into Google, 5 p.m. PST, and convert it to your time zone. Uh, that's going to be on uh, the 4th. I'm super excited to try it out. I love, um, uh, for anyone who knows, like Twitch.tv, it's a website basically for um, video gamers. Um, and there's other things too, but it's primarily video games. Uh, that people, you basically just play video games live and you can chat uh, with people who are watching. There's like a like a live chat room and they can talk to the person. So um, we're not going to be playing video games on Sunday, but we're basically just going to be sitting here. I'll get some coffee going, maybe some music or whatever, and just we're just going to sit here. So if you guys have any questions or anything that would spark like a conversation, um, I also may have a friend uh, from Japan may be tuning in. So if you have any questions you'd like to ask someone who is Japanese, um, get those questions ready and bring them on Sunday. I don't know if they'll be able to make it, but if they don't make it on Sunday, they'll, they'll be there, you know, some, sometimes. So have some questions, put them aside. Um, and hopefully you guys can tune in because I'm really excited to try something like something like that. It sounds really fun. And I'm also really excited to do today's podcast because it's, uh, been killing me that I haven't been able to with this computer issue. So I'm happy to have it all running. I think we're good to go. 
Um, so yeah, I guess let's dive into today's podcast. Um, food. Yes. So as I said before, I was, uh, really hungry and wanted to, I was just thinking of like, oh, I wish I was back in Japan. I wish I could go to Tenkaipin. Tenkaipin. It's, it's a ramen, it's a ramen, ramen shop. And I was just like, oh my God, I wish I could go there right now and just munch. And I thought, oh, that'd be perfect. We're going to do a podcast on that. This is a podcast that I don't think I could possibly cover in just an hour. Um, and I'm also uh, I keep saying this, but in the future I will be trying to do like Skype interviews. So I'm, I'm getting a hold of, uh, some of my friends. Uh, one, we want to keep talking about the, um, celebrity treatment in Japan, the celebrity atsukai. Remember the, that was our word last week. Uh, the treatment of like being treated like a celebrity in Japan, if you're foreign, um, we're going to be doing Skype interviews like on that topic and going into that a bit further too, with, um, other people's opinions. But the other one is going to be Japanese food. So those two topics kind of might bounce around quite a bit um, on this channel. You might see it quite a bit, at least in the podcast, because it's something you can talk about forever um, in Japanese food in general. Basically, my experience with Japanese food prior to going to Japan. um, Let's see. um, And this is so I'll just say things like my like I don't have any allergies. Um, I love seafood. I like rice. You know, I, I, I kind of fit. Luckily, I kind of fit with Japanese food, all except one dish, which I'll get into. Um, so I really, really, really fell in love with, you know, Japanese food while I was there because I got to eat it, you know, traditionally. I was living with a host family, so they cooked for me. I got to choose restaurants to go to. My friends would take me to restaurants. It was the it was the best. It was the best food ever. Um, I didn't really, a lot of people ask me a lot, like, what, what food do you miss while you're in Japan, like what food from America do you miss? I have an honest answer. I didn't miss anything. Um, you know, people like, oh, I miss pizza. I miss cheeseburgers. It's like, yeah, I mean, one, you can buy pizza and cheeseburgers in Japan. It's expensive, but you can, you can do it. Um, two, it's like, I don't know, like American food is, is obviously America. And like, maybe like if you go to like New York or something, it's like some of the best food in the world. Right. But I'm talking like, I guess on like an economic budget, you know, like just, just taste wise and like maybe even health wise. Um, not all Japanese food is like extremely healthy. A lot of people think if you just eat Japanese food, you'll be skinny. That's not necessarily true. Um, they have a lot of fried foods and a lot of, they use, uh, Japanese mayonnaise. It's different than, um, American mayonnaise. It's like they use, I think it's less oily and it's sweeter. I don't really know like the science behind it, but it's really good. You can basically put it on like chicken and it's like, it doesn't taste weird. Um, if you did that with American mayonnaise, it'd be disgusting. So, um, anyways, just saying like, yeah, it's not all like the healthiest food, but it's at least like food. Like it's usually cooked like real food. It's not just reheated like shit. Um, like a good example, um, I guess. So the university I went to while in Japan was in Osaka. It was, uh, Kansai Gaidai University. Um, and I guess I could just start by talking about the, the cafeteria food in Japan, just the cafeteria food, which I, okay. If you're an American, I don't know how, uh, any European viewers, um, you know, any, anyone from like London or Germany, or I guess anywhere in Europe, um, how is your cafeteria food? And by cafeteria food, I mean like when you go to school, like elementary school, high school, college, does it change? Like, how is it? Is it good? Cause, um, wow. American, American cafeterias are seriously, absolutely terrible. Like they're, they're seriously some of the worst food I've ever had ever. And it was fed to us every day. 
Um, you didn't have to eat it. You could bring your own food. Um, but for a lot of, a lot of students, I wasn't on this, but a lot of students, maybe they like, you know, they come from a low income family. Um, so a lot of students will free or will receive free lunches. But when your free lunch is like reheated cheeseburgers and it's not a cheeseburger, believe me, it's like, it's like, it's like white wonder bread with like a thin, thin, thin piece of meat. It's just, it's shit. It's horrible. It doesn't even taste good, but you kind of have to learn to love it because it's the only food you have. Um, so that was my like upbringing with cafeteria food being an American is I'm just, I hear the word cafeteria and it like, it sends a shiver down my spine of like, Oh, like no, (laughs) the worst, the worst food ever. Um, that's something that if that doesn't change, I mean that, that doesn't help. You know, if you look at, you know, the American obesity rate is really high for a lot of reasons. Um, but feeding our kids, that stuff does not help. Like getting them started on obesity from an early age could be pretty much directly related to cafeteria food in my opinion. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a debate. People could debate with me on that uh, for sure. Um, I don't have all the facts, but it's, it, I can confirm that cafeteria food in America is garbage. Wow. I just went off a long, a long time on that. Um, I guess you know where I'm going with this. Um, the, the cafeteria in Japan at Kansai Gairai was so good in comparison to, uh, any cafeteria I've ever been to in America. Um, the food was real. The food was cooked and, and by Japanese standards it's probably basic as hell. Like it's probably just, Oh yeah, it's cafeteria. Um, basically what it was is you'd go in first. We had three cafeterias and each one had different menus, like very different. So if you were in the mood for a certain food, you'd go to this cafeteria. Um, the main cafeteria, I, I, I think had like all kind of like the basic ones. Um, so I'm going to list like the, the three dishes I got there all the time. And, um, yeah, so basically you'd walk in, they have like a whole row of sinks and, uh, you know, soap and things where you can like get all your hands, you know, clean and stuff. You grab a tray, you grab a cup. Um, and they basically behind a glass case, Japan is really cool with food, um, f- displays in that if you, if you go on like YouTube, like right now and type in like Japanese, um, fake food, like plastic food. Basically what it is, is they, they out of plastic, they'll make a dish that looks like real food. It looks very real. Like it, it, like the noodles are there. They have like the different sauces, like all the different ingredients. They're all in there, but it's fake. It's plastic, but it, that way they don't have to put like a real dish out. They can just have a plastic one and it just sits there and it looks delicious. So any, if you go to Japan, you'll walk by like us, maybe like a, like a dessert restaurant or like an Italian restaurant and you'll see like Holy shit. That looks like a brand new fresh meal, but it's, it's fake. It's plastic. And it's really cool. It's a great way to advertise it. Cause it looks delicious every time and it's just plastic. So they just, you know, dust it off and that's it. Um, I think there's like a big company that make that like in Japan that makes almost all of it. I forget. I thought I saw some documentary. It was like somewhere in Northern Hokkaido. I could be wrong. Someone, someone looked that up because it's really cool. Um, basically they have a glass display of all those dishes. Um, and they're all priced, you know, ranging from like a dollar to maybe $5 for like the really expensive one. That was like the fancy shit. And, um, what I got like almost every day, there is a dish called, uh, katsudon, katsudon. That is basically, um, it's like a breaded deep fried, uh, piece of pork, like, a like a pork loin or something like that. And they basically just deep fry it with like salt and pepper and stuff. And you eat it on rice and you put, they have a little certain sauce that they put on there, but they would, they would like 
okay, so the 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 pork stuff that was already pre deep fried. Like they have that deep fried, but they do it there. They don't like buy it, put it in a microwave, and give it to you. It's like they actually take like raw meat and cook it there in the restaurant and line them all up, and then they put them in your dish. Um, but one that I got, I think even more than that, it's a really simple dish. It's called oyakodon. Oh, I'm saying it wrong. Oyakodon. Oyakodon. So it's oy- oya means like adult. So this is the there's a kind of a nuance here. It's really funny. Um, oyakodon. The meaning of the it's it's basically it's chicken with um like raw not raw egg but okay one other thing in Japan raw meat and raw eggs are almost always edible, which for any Americans that's like it's a sin. You don't eat anything raw in that regard. Like eggs, no. Maybe sometimes like cookie dough and things like that, but like. You almost always don't eat raw eggs. You never eat raw meat in America. Um, but in Japan, you can have raw meat and it's fine. And um, I would notice a lot of, I'm going off topic here, but when uh, my host mother, whenever she would be handling meat. So in America, when we're handling meat, like if I'm going to be like, all right, I'm going to cook up, uh, I don't know, I'm going to cut up some chicken and you know fry it up or something. You know, I basically will take the chicken and put it on a separate cutting board, a separate from everything totally like clean the whole area, cut all the chicken, put it in there, immediately clean off that cutting board with like really, really strong soap and, you know, put it out to dry or whatever. And then you have to wash your, you have to wash like the whole area that you used. You have to wash the knife and wash your hands because any of that, if you like eat or lick any of that, you're like really likely to get, what is it like salmonella or whatever. Basically, whatever raw meat in America, it's... Oh, yeah, I forgot. Shinobi's here, by the way. Hey, guys. <laughs> I forgot to even announce Shinobi's here today. He's sleeping right here. Um, one of our friends was babysitting him for a week, and he just got back. So he's he's tired. Shinobi. And I gave him a treat earlier, like a big bone, and he ate the whole thing. So he's just sleeping. Hey, Shinobi. Sorry, I forgot to... I'm going really off the off the rails here. Basically, um, but when I was living with my host family, uh, my host mom, when she, whenever she was handling meat, I would notice her. She like She'd have meat... She'd reach over, grab some veggies, like put them in, grab some stuff, maybe answer the phone. I'm like, what the, f- what the fuck? Like it blew my mind. I was like, no, 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 you can't do that. Like in my head, I didn't say anything, but uh, I came to realize later on in Japan, it's, it's basically fine. It's, I mean, maybe if you're like older and your body can't break it down, like I've heard that in Japan, like a lot of ed- elderly people will stop eating raw meats because they're more prone to getting like salmonella or whatever. Um, but if you're younger, it's totally normal. So anyways, all that aside, so basically going back to the, where were we? Oyakodon. Uh, it's basically cooked chicken, like the meat with an egg in it. And the eggs like kind of like, it's not raw, but it's runny. It's really runny. And the nuance there is that Oya means parent in Japanese. It's like the kanji for it. It means parent and ko is for like child. So the joke is that it's like the mom and the dad because it's the chicken meat and the egg like mixed together. So it's a little fucked up actually. Um, but that's the meaning behind oyakodon. Don is basically like a bowl, like a bowl of rice, I think. So like katsudon is like the, yeah, katsu is like uh, pork meat and then um, like the fried pork meat and then oyakodon. So I got oyakodon. That was, I think, 250 yen, which uh, converts to about $2.00. um, in American USD. Um, but yeah, for that's unheard of in America. Like even that those shitty lunches I was telling you about easily ran for, I don't know, three or $4 easily. So it was like, if you could buy a hot lunch, they called them a hot lunch. There's like salad and sandwiches. And then it was a hot lunch, which was your like pizza cheeseburger or like terrible meatball sandwich. Oh, it was, Oh, I'm, I'm thinking back. It was the worst 
the worst food, but it was like $4. And in Japan, I got a big bowl of rice with oyakudon, like, all on top of it. Well, oyakudon is the bowl of rice with the stuff on top. But it's a bit, it comes with rice. Um, you get free tea, water. You have all a bunch of sauces at your disposal you can use. Um, and then as you're walking, like, toward the register, they have all these, like, pre-made, like, salad bowls with, like, saran wrap on them. So you can take out the saran wrap, put on some really good – they had this um, salad dressing that was, like, sesame-based – it's like a sesame seed oil salad dressing. Ooh, it was so good. And but they had all these like different things you could pick. Like you get a salad, you could get like a piece of bread, like a like a croissant or something. Uh, you could get like a, some dessert. They had everything. It was crazy. They even had like an ice cream dispenser at the end. I actually never bought any of the ice cream. I'm not a big ice cream guy. Um, but yeah, they they have all that there, and I'd I'd end up checking out. I'd spend less than five bucks and get like a huge meal. I'd be stuffed every day. And to, you know, to Japanese students, that's probably just, like, every day. But for an American, that's a big deal. Like, that's not a joke. Um, I was I was blown away by that. So um, it was cool that that was, like, my last resort. It was like, okay, I didn't bring a lunch, which I actually I never brought lunches in Japan just because I didn't really have the means to, you know, pack or make my own lunch. But it was either that or, like, go to a restaurant. Like, hey, let's go get ramen at lunch. And you go or go get sushi or something like that. Um so it was never a bad choice to just eat at the cafeteria. It's like that was basically what we did every day was just go to the cafeteria. We'd hang out there and eat. And then I don't know, whatever we do after that. But it was really, really good. Um, there was a third dish. Oh, what was it called? I forgot the name. It was like kara. Oh, I think it was karaage don. Karaage is like um, basically fried chicken. Um, yeah. It's, I forget, I don't know the nuance with like karaage. I think kara is like the, it's fried. I'm not even sure. Um, but basically it's like strips of fried chicken, but not like, not like a whole piece. It's like little pieces, really, really like tender, really, really good. Um, yeah. On rice with mayonnaise, Japanese mayonnaise drizzled on top of it. That was like, that was the, that was my fancy dish. Uh, I think that ran for about 450, 450 yen, which again, that's still only like $4. Um, and it was a full meal. Like you, you left pretty, pretty full after that. So, um, that was the cafeteria in Japan. Um, again, I lived with the host family. So here, here's one thing, um, that I should note, I guess, um, before I, I want to read some questions from, uh, my YouTube channel here, but before that, um, I got to make note of this is that while in Japan, um, you'll probably, okay. I have a suggestion to you if you go to Japan. Um, I I tried my best. No, I didn't. While in Japan, um, basically like, okay, so with my host family, say they would make a dish, right? They're like, it's like a fish, a certain kind of fish with a certain type of whatever, and there's a name for it. And I go like, oh, Nihongo de nantuimasu ka kore wo. Like, how do you, what do you call this? Like in Japanese, like, what is the name of this? Like this, this meal. And they tell you and you go, oh, cool. And then you eat it, right? And then, you know, the next day you're like, people ask, oh, what do you have for dinner? You're like, oh, fuck. Like, what was that? You, you forget the name, right? Um, so I, I, I noticed about like five or six months into my study abroad that I don't, I didn't know the names of any of the food I was eating. So I was like, oh my gosh, okay. I need to actually, uh, you know, learn what this is. So um, I started making a list on my phone, but that list is pretty scarce because almost always it was... It, you know, it's kind of hard. Like we're about to have dinner. People are talking. They'd made it for you. Even at a restaurant, it's like someone made the food for you and they give it to you. 
Um, and in Japanese restaurants, a lot of the times you can see the chef, like you're really, you watch the chef make your food right in front of you and then they give it to you. So, you know, you kind of want to be polite and respectful and maybe like show them like on your face that you enjoy it. Like, Oh, it's really good. And then they're like, maybe they, I don't know, maybe they don't check. But for me, I'm like, I don't want to immediately get my food, pull out my phone, except for Instagram pics, of course, like, you know, who, but like, I didn't make a big effort to take notes of the foods. And I, I really encourage you to please do that because it's one of the things I really regret. Um, is people ask like, what were some of the stranger things you had? And I can name them in English. Like, uh, I had shark fin soup, which is obviously a controversial thing because like the fact that people are eating shark fins is kind of sketchy. It was delicious though. Um, but just some things like that. And people are like, so what were the, some of the weird things? And I mostly say, uh, like a fish. Like there was one, I think that one of the coolest dishes I had, um, and if you're an animal lover, um, turn away for 10 minutes. Basically we went to, uh, I went with my host family this time. We went to a, uh, a sushi restaurant and like a, like a legit one, not like a, not like a conveyor belt sushi. This was like, you sit down, you order the sushi, they make it and they give it to you. Um, and in the middle of so it was kind of fancy, a little more expensive. Uh, we only went to this kind of place one time because it's, it's spendier, but they wanted to go to like a legit sushi spot with us. Um, so we went and basically there was the chefs and, you know, all the cooking and stuff is in the middle and around that are all the, like the counter and all the seats. Um, so the chefs are in the middle and in the very, very, very middle is a big tank full of like live fish, like actual still living fish. Yeah. Like all kinds of fish, like tuna and I couldn't even name them all red snapper. I don't know. Bunch of stuff. And, um, one of the weirdest ones is my host family. And I, I don't even know the name. This is the worst part is I forget the name. Um, like, I don't even remember the name of the fish. I have a picture. I'd love to post it sometime. I have a picture somewhere on my phone. I'd have to find it. Um, we're basically my host mom. She was like, you have to order this. Like definitely recommend like Eric, this is for you. I'm like, all right. So I ordered it. This is like the, the like the steps and like what happened is like, I'm sitting there. The second I order it, the chef goes like, hi. And he like, you know, what kind of He goes, he like takes the order. He walks up to the fish tank. Uh, he takes a net, pulls out a fish, kills the fish. He preps it. And, um, how did he do this? He ba- basically the, what I'm trying to say is he took, he took the whole fish and he pulled off like the parts that would be sashimi. Sashimi is like just raw fish. Like if you get like a piece of sushi, um, that's sashimi, it's basically just raw fish on a piece of rice. Um, so he would take out the parts that are sashimi. Um, but the, the weird part was that he utilized almost literally the entire fish, everything, but like the guts, you know, things that you can't eat. Um, but the bone was still in there. He, um, basically just separated, separated out the whole fish, the head's still on there and he serves it to me. So he, I get this plate. That's literally like this fish that I just saw in a tank, the head's still on. It's still like curled, like just, you know, the shape of a fish, but it's all sliced. So I could basically just pull off from the fish and eat it. And when you're this, it, it, there's more to it. After you're done eating, there's like some, you know, there's some vegetables around it and all this stuff. I took my time. I ate the whole thing. The chef grabbed my plate and I was like, oh, I wasn't even really done. He grabs my plate, pulls it back, takes that whole fish that was like with the bone and the head, deep fries it and you know, whatever he did, I don't know all the steps, but he basically deep fried it, took it and gave it back to me. And when you deep fry the bone, it's like it becomes soft and brittle enough that you can actually chew and eat it. So I guess it was weird to watch like a fish living 
I eat fish a lot. I go fishing all the time. So I'm used to like, um, you know, catching, I couch, uh, just rainbow trout. It's like the easiest fish to catch. But in the summer, I love to go rainbow trout fishing. Um, I can gut a fish myself. It's really easy. You just, you know, you cut from the, you basically, we don't have to go into details here, but you just cut the belly open, pull out the stuff, clean it out, cut off the head, cut off the tail, cut off the fins, descale it and then cook it. Um, but to see him just like fry the entire fish and me eat the entire fish, like in the bones, I've never done that before. So that was my weirdest experience, but I don't know the name of the dish and I don't know the type of fish it was. Um, I'd want to say it was a kind of trout, but I don't think it was. It was delicious. It was so, so good. Um, so again, I really regret not making a huge list. Um, so when you go to Japan and people, and you ask like, Oh, what is this? And they tell you, please write it down. Like immediately write it down. Cause you're going to regret it so much when your friends are like, Oh, what did you have? And you don't have an answer. Cause now I'm that asshole. Like, I don't know. So I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to relearn. Um, I'm, I'm trying to like cook a lot more at home and, um, buy like Japanese ingredients. And I, cause I want to know, um, that was, I think that was probably like my most surprising dish. Actually, now that I'm like, people always ask like, what was the craziest thing? That was the crazy one. Just cause it was cool to see the whole fish still like intact, but I was eating it. Um, that was, that was definitely a new experience. Um, I guess we could take a, a little five minute break here. I guess we can kind of break this up. Uh, I thought this would be cool. Basically I have some questions pulled up. Like I said, I want to answer questions, uh, that you guys may have. These were on um, last week's video about the uh, celebrity treatment in Japan. Um, so I get that's it. Yeah, let's go. Um, so question one is from Tom Andrew. Um, his question is, Eric, when uh, did you leave anything back at home when you were abroad at, that you wish you had brought with you? Um, also, how are teachers in Japan compared to the U.S. teachers? Anything noticeably different or funny? Uh, okay. Good question, Tom Andrew. So, um, to the first question, did I leave anything back in America that I wish I had brought with me? No. Um, and for my case, that's because I basically brought everything I owned with me, <laughs> um, which in hindsight was a huge mistake. Um, this was basically my, my luggage setup. Actually, if you go on, I have a video called, it's like the night before Japan. It's one of my old, old videos. It was, it was the night before I went to Japan and I show a little image of all my luggage, use that scale of luggage and basically cut it in half. And that should be your maximum <laughs> because I basically, I took my parents biggest piece of luggage. It was huge. Um, filled it up completely, you know, up to 50 pounds. I, so I had one big checked bag, um, a second checked bag, which was like a huge, like sports duffel bag, like a huge, I, I filled it literally as full as possible. Um, my mindset when I was going to Japan was because one of my bags, I basically filled up completely with like American candy and souvenirs because I was staying with a lot of different friends prior to my study abroad. Um, you know, like their families were going to be taking care of me and feeding me. So I was like, okay, I got to bring some food. I got to bring some snacks. I got to bring, I even brought some like American beer, um, for the dads of the families, because a lot of Japanese fathers, you know, they, I mean American too, but a lot of Japanese men drink, you know, they love drinking alcohol. So, um, I had to bring that. So I was, my, my mindset was, okay, I'm going to go to Japan, give away all these gifts. Then I'll have one bag free to fill up with souvenirs and take home. Right. Um, but even then it was so much, it was too much stuff. Um, I basically, 
So no, I didn't leave anything at home because I brought everything with me. I had the big bag, um, a second big bag, uh, a carry-on bag that was also another duffel bag like filled up on my shoulder, and a huge backpack filled with like my computer, all of my YouTube stuff, my audio stuff, like everything. Um, and my, I realized it was I it I didn't realize it was too much until I first got to Japan. Um, and was staying at my friend's house and he goes, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like even in English, he goes, dude, what the fuck is all this? He couldn't believe it. And I'm sure, I'm sure Japanese pack lighter than Americans do just cause Americans, you know, we always have, you know, bigger stuff or bigger luggage. I'd imagine our luggage is more or whatever, but like, he was like, dude, that is unreal. Like, what is that? Um, so it ended up being a pain, you know, obviously cause his parents were picking me up by car and I had to load all that stuff into his car. It was really embarrassing actually. Um, like really, I'm not even kidding. It was, it was like, I'm so sorry. Like it was embarrassing. Like as a first impression, like, Oh, here's this guy with all of his luggage. So lesson learned. Um, and I'm not kidding when I say this. Um, and when I go to back to Japan, I have to make sure I do this cause it's hard. It's hard to not like, okay, maybe I'll need this. So I'll put it in. Just you, you seriously bring like, if you're going for a couple weeks, obviously bring two weeks worth of stuff. If you're going on a long trip, um, just bring, I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's hard for me too. Cause it's hard to know. It's one of those things like, uh, Tom was asking, you know, if you go on a trip and you're like, shit, I, f I wish I brought that with me. It really sucks. It's like a shitty feeling and it's really expensive to ship things from America to Japan or from Europe to Japan. I believe is probably expensive for America. It's really expensive. So, um, it's hard to not want to bring everything with you. Um, but trust me when I say like, bring like, if you're, if you're going for an extended time, bring like one article of clothing that'll last for like each season. Like if you're going to be there in the winter, bring one jacket and you know, like one wardrobe, basically like one outfit for each season. And that's it. Like, don't bring any excess, like any extra shit just bring the bare minimum because while you're there, you're going to buy more clothes. Like if you're planning on it, at least I did, I ended up buying a lot of stuff in Japan and it was really hard to bring everything home when I was done. Um, yeah. So I didn't really, I didn't miss American food while I was there. Not particularly, I guess if there's anything I missed actually, um, while I was in Japan was, uh, chicken wings, chicken wings are so good. And they, they probably have them in Japan, but I couldn't find them. I mean, I didn't really look extensively either. I'm, sh I, you can bait, you know, you can find any kind of food, um, in New York, in Tokyo, any of those big capital cities. You're probably, you can probably buy almost anything. Um, but I never found chicken wings and again, they probably exist. Um, but I didn't find them easy to come by. They have much different chicken. Uh, the karaage is really good. And, um, anyways, so I didn't really miss any of that. I'm going on a bunch of tangents. Uh, I'll do one more question from last week's podcast. Um, oh, this isn't even a question. It's it's from what is this name? Kurisuchan. So if uh, I think it's a girl's name, Chris. Um, Kurisuchan uh, says, "I wish I was your friend to finish all of your analogies." Yeah, <laughs> I need I need. So basically, like if you've listened to my podcast, I always make analogies. I'm like. Living in Japan is like living, uh, with, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. Like I can never finish my analogy. I can never finish it. So I actually could use, uh, like a coach to help me. Cause my analogies suck. They're terrible. Like eating pizza in Japan is like having lunchables. No, see my analogies suck. So yeah. Uh, Chris Chan help out my analogies because they're no good. Um, 
I guess, it wasn't really a question. It was more of a suggestion. Um, is there any other questions I want to answer? Uh, okay, here's one. I'm just reading. I'm not even I mean, know what the question is, but I just picked one. From Montel DMM. Montel DMM. That's a weird name. Uh, rather than studying abroad for a year, any advice for doing a four-year undergraduate program in Japan? Oh, I probably shouldn't have answered this. No, I have no idea. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure those programs exist, but they will probably be really expensive. Um, I know one, I had one friend who won a full scholarship. She's so lucky. She got a full scholarship to study, I think for two years in Japan. Um, full, full ride. Um, but unless you're doing a full ride four years in Japan would probably be really expensive. So I don't know. Sorry. I can't really answer that question. I don't really know. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was probably not a good answer for a question for me to pick, but, uh, I'll highlight that one to make sure I don't do that again in the future. Let's see. Uh, sorry, I'm doing this on the fly. Again, my computer's all new now, so it's like I'm not used to all the little things. Uh, I gotta get this, make it so I don't use it. Okay. Um, let's get back on topic. What were we talking about? We're talking about food. I talked about my strange thing. Yes, uh, make notes of what you're eating because I just I wish I knew a lot of what I ate. Um, but I remember like the main ones, and I'm I, I'm gonna suggest to you guys, you know, my favorite dishes. But they're kind of everyone's favorite dishes in Japan. They're a little bit generic. Um, but for those who aren't like living with a homestay and don't really have access to maybe like a traditional Japanese cooked meal, uh, like an at home cooked meal, um, I can suggest to you guys like uh, street foods and um, you know different kinds of restaurants you can go to that I really enjoyed. Um, so let's, yeah, like I, like I said, I, while I was in Japan, I, I really didn't miss American food that much because it's good. American food's great. Um, I miss chicken wings. Um, I'm trying to think of really American foods like pizza, hamburgers, um, hot dogs, meatloaf. <laughs> I don't know. But at the end of the day, here's the big difference is while in Japan, I even, I ate some American food even while in Japan. Here's the difference is that in Japan, the quality of all the food is so much higher than at least than like affordable, cheap, like economically viable foods in America, much, much, much higher quality. And that's, that's probably, you know, applicable to all of Japan. Um, they're very attentive to detail. Um, if you ever go to like a, or see like any videos of like a Japanese company at work, it's, it's very interesting. You know, it's very different. It's very like strict. It's from, you know, um, they're very efficient in their work. And it's in, you know, obviously because of that, it can be, um, a little bit too intense, um, which is another issue, but in the, in relation to restaurants, um, there's, there's a documentary that's really popular. You've probably seen it. Um, if not, I really recommend it. It's called Jiro. So J I R O Jiro dreams of sushi. Um, it was on Netflix for a while. I don't know if it's still on there. It probably is. If not try to find it. Cause it's really popular. It's basically the story of, um, an elderly Japanese guy, I think he's like, he's seriously like 90 years old, maybe not that old, but he's really, really old. And he's worked as a sushi chef for like 50 plus years. Um, and the man is the star child poster boy of what it means to strive for excellence in that. So he basically, he owns, I think the most expensive sushi restaurant in the world now, maybe not in the world, but I think it's a three-star Michelin, uh, restaurant, which I didn't even know what that meant, uh, before, I, I think I mentioned, did I mention before? Um, I have a story where I went to a three-star Michelin restaurant in Japan. 
I don't think we've talked about that. Oh, we we probably could. Hmm. I need to leave names out because um, I'm not gonna name the people who took me out. But um, a good friend. We'll get to, we'll get to that in a sec. See, this is why this podcast could go on for hours um, regarding food. So today we're just gonna touch the surface. I'm just gonna kind of introduce it, and we're gonna get into stories and some more other things like later on. We could we could extend this to even like neck. You know, in like okay, next week's podcast will continue. Like next time on. Erica broadcast. We'll, we'll do that. So sorry, I'm wasting time, but, um, yes, it's anyways, it's a documentary about a three-star Michelin restaurant. It basically is, uh, like even to get a reservation takes months. It's $300 per person. I think, I think it might even be more now cause it's really popular, but that's the restaurant he owns. Um, just the way he serves the three-star Michelin is basically the highest rating you can get for a restaurant in the world. Um, there's only like so many, there's like only like a hundred, maybe there's, I don't, I don't know the exact number, but I feel like it's, there's only like one, maybe 200 in the whole world. So it's pretty limited. Um, and his is one of them. It's a really great documentary. Um, and it just kind of shows like that kind of mentality of like perfection. Obviously not everyone in Japan is like him because he's kind of the best. Uh, but that kind of applies to all of Japan. Even if you go to a Japanese McDonald's, you'll, you'll, you will notice the difference. Like you'll taste it and just be like, wow. I mean, it is McDonald's at the end of the day. Maybe the fries are the same, but think about like the, the, like the one time you went to McDonald's and the fries were like perfect. Like they were fresh. They were, I'm, I'm like describing McDonald's fries. Like it's this like delicacy. It's just a McDonald's fry, but they are really good. Um, it, like just imagine like the perfect amount of salt they just came fresh off like they were the best, like juiciest fries you ever had. That's basically what you'll get every time. The quality control is just so unreal. There was never a time I went to like a Japanese fast food place or anything. One, this customer service is excellent. They're really, they're, they're extremely attentive. They, 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 even the speech they use in Japan, like if you go to a restaurant, um, they'll say things like, how do you say? Yeah, I, I already forgot a lot of them. Um, how do you say it? How do you say it? I forgot. Like, how do you say, um, like how many people there's like a really polite way to ask. It's like none, none mean something. No, fuck. I feel, I'm really embarrassed. I forget. Basically they'll ask like how many people, but the, the, the speech in which they're using is, is so polite. It's almost as if you're a King. They're, they're referring to you as if you were like the president of the United States and you're just like a schmo. Um, and you know, they might be saying it kind of like, you know, Oh, Hey, welcome, sir. Like, how's it going? but they still say it. Um, so there, you might run into a few people that are like kind of, you know, Oh, kind of lazy, but for the most part, you'll get really attentive, uh, really, really, really good service, um, throughout any restaurant. And that applies to McDonald's as well. Um, the quality control is just so high. So even though if I was like missing American food, like, Oh, I kind of wish I had this. What I didn't miss was like the lack of quality. You can just, you really can taste the difference. Um, it's, it's, it's such a luxury in Japan that like, I, I, I started, I didn't take it for granted. Like, how can I say, I, I feel like Japanese people living in Japan don't realize how good their food is. Um, maybe they do and they just, you know, love it. But I feel like they don't really realize the scale of like, Hey, go abroad for a month and come back. One of the biggest complaints that a lot of my Japanese friends have in, in America is there aren't enough Japanese restaurants. And it's not that they're, it's not that they're not trying. It's not that they're like, Oh, I'm, I only eat Japanese food. It's not like that at all. It's that they've tried American food and they're just like, Oh, like it's not that good. <laughs> I had some Japanese friends who they, they couldn't find much food that they like could consistently eat every day and not want to like 
kill themselves. You know, like they, they felt kind of sick or they're just like, oh, it's just not that good. But for some reason, they loved Chipotle. Like I, they they loved it. Like if they could, they ate there every day. On on one one friend in particular, on his last day in Portland, I was like, all right, man, it's your last day. We're hanging out. Where's where are we going? Like what's the what's which bar are we going to? What restaurant? Like how's it going down? He's like, oh, only Chipotle. <laughs> and that's all. That's all he ate. So he ordered Chipotle to go, and I'm pretty sure he ate it like in the airport on his way onto the plane. Like that's how much he loved it. I couldn't believe it is, you know, Chipotle is pretty good. Um, they've gotten some, uh, while I was in Japan, they had a lot of issues where they were getting like, people were getting really sick. Did anyone die from that? There was a, there was a period where people eating at Chipotle were getting extremely sick. And a lot of people were thinking like, it blows my mind how those restaurants can just bounce back. Like they just, nothing happens. It's like, Oh, we got a lot of people sick and we killed three kids. Uh, but you should come back next time. <laughs> it blows my mind. I mean, it's, it's a really big chain, so it's probably hard to shut all, all of them down. But, like, I like Chipotle. I haven't had any problems. Pretty good. It's Mexican food. Um, but, yeah, it was it, one of the biggest complaints a lot of my Japanese friends have while in America is just, like, the food quality is just – it's not that the food isn't good. It's the quality that's really bad. Um, if, if they were just a little bit more skilled or paid a little bit more attention to just, like, the freshness of the food or the ingredients – it would probably be a lot better. Um, so it's just one thing in a, that America, I feel like um, Americans, you don't realize how average our food actually is. You know, it's good. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I love a cheeseburger. You go to any, any like restaurant. Okay. Like if you go to a restaurant in America, it's usually pretty good. I'm talking more on like the, like available fast food, like cafeteria food, McDonald's, Taco Bell, like all that. Oh, it's just like, it's net. You know what I mean? It's just like, sometimes you're in the mood for it and you know, or it's like three in the morning. You're like, all right, we're doing Taco Bell because you got late night munchies or whatever. Um, that's one thing. But like when it's like every day and you're like, I need lunch and I don't want Taco Bell or Burger King. I need some like actual food. Um, yeah, in Japan, they had these 24 hour restaurants. There's there's there was three. And I remember two of them. There was one called um, Skia. And uh, I think it was Matsuya was the other one. That was the one close to me. There are these two, it's really popular chain restaurant in Japan. Um, it's considered like low quality and like cheap food, but they're 24 hours. Um, 24 hours you can go in, you basically go in and there's a vending machine. This is common for a lot of, um, maybe like really busy restaurants where they're like, we you know, it's almost like fast food. It's not, but it is like they're cooking with real food, but it's like fast food speeds basically. Um, when you go into the restaurant, they'll have like a vending machine at the front and you put your money into that pay and you pick the meal and it gives you like a coupon. And then when you go and get your seat, you just give the chef your coupon and they go make it. So they don't have to deal with really specific orders. I mean, you can customize things, but it just makes things faster. So I went to Matsuya like almost every day. Um, again, it was 24 hours. So this was a place you could go if you were like out drinking and you missed the train. You're like, fuck, I just need to like go chill for two hours somewhere. You could just go to Matsuya, you know, put in headphones, check your email, listen to music and just eat for a couple hours. And it's nice and warm. Um, and they have bathrooms, you know, it's just, it was nice. Um, but I'd always go in there and they had this, um, well, it was, it was a type of gyudon is, um, gyu is, um, the kanji for, uh, cow. In Japanese, gyudon is basically like beef. It's like a really, it's Japanese style beef, which you've, if you've never had it or seen it, um, it's it's really thin. It's like a thin slice, but it's not like ground beef. It's like, 
I don't really know how to describe it, actually. I kind of wish I knew more about it. But it's basically just like the beef and they just thin slice it. So I was talking last week about the uh, prosciutto. I think that was a couple weeks ago. It's like a really nice, it's like a thin bacon almost. It's kind of like that. It's just really thin, but it's like beef. Um, and it's so thin that you could basically like, I think if you've ever had pho before, uh, like the Vietnamese noodles, where they give you like the raw beef and you put it in the, the hot water and it kind of just cooks on its own. It's like that. Um, so I, I got this dish all the time called gyudon. It's like uh, oyakudon, katsudon, and gyudon are the three that we've been talking about today. Really simple dishes, but it's just like a meat on top of rice. And so yeah, I'd get gyudon. It was like four bucks. Uh, you get a big, 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 big bowl of rice with all the gyudon on top. Uh, you have a bunch of spices and uh, sauces you can use. So I had I started to learn like, oh, this is the, this is the mixture I really like. And I, I wouldn't even know the names of the sauces. I would just pick them and start going for it. I think that was one of the biggest assets I had in Japan. Um, is as I'm telling you this, I'm like, oh, I loved all the food and I tried all these things, but I never really knew what they were. So I'm the kind of guy that I can, I don't really mind going into a meal, not knowing what it is like, oh, what is this? Is this, this like, oh, I don't know. I'm not, there's picky eaters and that I'm not, that's totally fine. If that's you, it's not everyone. But for me, I was just like, this looks pretty good. And I would just start eating it. Um, and that was a really good asset because, um, for me, because I, you know, Sometimes maybe if you if you can't eat something, it can be embarrassing. Like if someone made you a meal and you're like, oh, I'm sorry, like I don't really like this, I can't really eat it. It it can be you know it can be kind of stressful or embarrassing, and you feel bad because you feel bad because you want to be nice to the people making the food for you. Um, so for me, it was really nice to just be like, oh, that looks good, and I would order it, and no matter what came, I would eat it. If they're like, oh, is this okay? I'd be like, sure, let's go for it. And um, so that's if you can, if you if you're the type of person. Uh, that could do that and not like die, <laughs> like not have allergies or anything like that, do it because it was a lot of fun. I had a ton of fun. I would try different things. And then the next day my friends would be like, what did you have last night? I'm like, sorry, I just burped. Wow. <clears throat> I apologize. My friends would ask me and I'd be like, uh, I don't know, but here's a picture. And you know, I'd show them that. And that was basically how I did it. But when I go back, um, and even now I'm starting to, Oh, I guess I could recommend this. I have this sitting here. Check it out. Um, I bought this book. I'm, I'm in no way affiliated with this. Um, I mean that I'm not like sponsored or anything. This is just a book I bought. Um, and I actually recommend it if you, if you're interested in cooking, um, if you're, if you're living alone, uh, and you have like free times, I know like a lot of times, like, uh, I have a roommate, uh, but there's a lot of times where she's not here and I kind of feel like I just kind of live here myself. I'm just like, dang, you get bored. Right. And so when I get bored, I start to cook. I just start thinking about good food and I'm like, I'm going to start, I just start cooking. I go to the store, I get a bunch of ingredients and just start cooking. Um, I'm not the best cook, but I want to get good, especially with Japanese food. This book, um, it's called Japanese soul cooking. Uh, for those listening on SoundCloud, you can't see it, but it's called Japanese soul cooking. Uh, and the artists, uh, artists, the writers are, um, it says Tadashi Ono and Harris Salat. S-A-L-A-T, Harris Salat. It's like, an, I think it's an American and a Japanese guy basically got together and put together like the basic recipes for Japanese soul foods. Um, for example, I made this the other day. Uh, we were talking about katsudon, right? Um, let me see where it is. It's right here. This one right here. So this is uh, tonkatsu, which is the katsudon, but like not on rice. Um, that's the beef. So you can see it's kind of like a breaded dish. It's really simple. You just, you know, put flour on it, dip it in egg and fry it. Um, but it has really, really, wow, I keep bumping the mic. Sorry. It has really specific like instructions and everything you're going to need. It even has a description like describing like the history of the meal and where it comes from. And like, it's really cool. 
Um, so I definitely recommend this. Um, I got, I picked it up for like, it's kind of spendy. It's thir- this one's like hardcover. Uh, it was $30, but I use it all the time. Um, if there's any dishes that are worth learning in this, uh, I'll just name them off because we can talk about them another time. Um, omuraisu. So it's omuraisu, uh, is like a, kids really love omuraisu. It's basically like rice, carrots, and, uh, green, like, uh, peas fried together and then you put that inside of like an omelet and you wrap the omelet around it and then you put ketchup on top and oh man it's so good uh that's omurice um tempura is another really good one you've probably heard of tempura before it's basically like fried things like you can have like a uh, shrimp tempura which is the picture here um it the the difference with tempura when you're frying it um if you've ever fried food before i'm new to frying food i've never done it until i got this book i started doing it um i realized how good it is it's kind of dangerous because it's not the healthiest food um but with the tempura instead of just doing like eggs and flour and like dipping it in um in the oil you you put the the flour gets mixed in with ice cold water as in you literally put ice inside of it and like you you don't mix the flour so it, it remains clumpy so when it comes out all fried it's all it has like bumps of like flour on it but when you eat it oh man it's like the crunchiest dish so if there's anything worth it it's the omurais uh how to cook tempura the karage, karage which i talked about before is like the fried chicken it's like strips of chicken i can actually pipe well here here's a small picture you can't really see it's this one here but she's got like a, a pyramid kind of stack of um uh karage there's like probably six pieces there and she's putting like spring, uh, uh, squeezing some uh, lemon on top of that. Ooh, some some lemon and some salt on there. Oh, it's like the best. Oh, I'm, I, man, this podcast needs to get extended seriously for like six hours. Because now that I'm like naming off all these things, um, there's one more that I have to talk about before we end the podcast. We have, I think, like ten minutes left. Um. So let's just jump. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I have a lot we need to talk about. So let's just this, sorry, this is a little fast and I apologize. Um, we will be discussing this more. And when I do the live podcast, uh, on Sunday, maybe we can address some of these, but I haven't even gotten into like some of the best foods in Osaka. So really quick. Um, uh, if you go to Osaka, they probably have it in Tokyo too, but these, there's two dishes that are really famous from Osaka, which is the, like the second biggest city in Japan. Uh, the first dish, which, um, everyone should know, you should, if you go to Osaka, you can't go without knowing this dish. It's called okonomiyaki. Um, the meaning of okonomi is like, uh, meaning it's literally means something you like. And then yaki is fried. So it's like, a, it's basically a fried pancake. And you can learn that in that book too. I cook it all the time. It's really, really good. Um, <clears throat> you essentially mix like flour, egg, uh, this thing called dashi. It's like a, it's like a fish. I think it's a fish based kind of uh, sauce. And you, you mix it all together with cabbage and you fry it into kind of a pancake. But as you're frying it, you add things like bacon and like a raw egg on there and you fry it together, get it all nice and juicy. And then when it's all like done, you can also put noodles inside of it, which I love. It's called like moldan, I think moldan. There's a restaurant. If you go to Japan, the, the most like common restaurant, but it's really, it's really famous for good reason. It's really good. Um, it's called Hugetsu. So it's like, I guess in English it'd be like Fugetsu. But Hugetsu is like, if you know kanji, it's Hu as in like wind and Getsu as in month. So Hugetsu is the name. Um, this is the wind month. I don't really know why it's called that. Really good. You basically go in there, you get a menu, you pick what you want, and there's a grill in front of you. Uh, and the worker, man, I could talk about this forever, all the Japanese food. The worker in front of you cooks it in front of you. It takes like, the only problem with the konomiyaki is it takes forever to cook. 
If you ever cooked something like hash browns before, you realize it takes like a half hour. That's what that it's the same thing. It probably took like 20, 25 minutes. So if you're really hungry and you're just staring at it and it's right there, but you can't eat it until the chef comes back and like gives it to you. So you're like, fuck. Um, but after it's all cooked, you smother it in, um, okonomiyaki sauce, which is kind of like almost like a barbecue sauce. It's like a brown. So good. It's like sweet and savory Japanese mayonnaise. Um, you put, um, aonori, which is like, a nori is like seaweed basically. So it's like powdered seaweed and you put, I think dash or like, um, I think it's called dash. What is it called? What's it called? I forget now. Um, what, what, what's the name of the, uh, like the fish flakes. There's like flakes, powdered flakes you can put on there. I feel really stupid. It's like a really basic, um, Anyways, I'm not going to try to think of it right now because for the sake of time, but uh, you put all that on there and then cut it up and have a bite of that. Trust me, you're in heaven. That shit is so good. Um, second one is takoyaki. Taco is octopus. Um, so if you're allergic to uh, seafood or octopus, this automatically excludes you, but not entirely because you can order takoyaki without octopus and substitute it with other meats. Um, what it essentially is, is kind of the same mixture. It's kind of a battered dough. Um, but you put it inside of a grill that has these half, how can I say they're basically like holes, right? So it's like half a circle. So like, here's it's flat and it has like a half a circle and you pour all the batter in, let it cook a little bit. And while it's cooking, you put in different things like aonori and, um, there's like these crunchy, like little crunch balls they put in there. They put in one piece of octopus, like a square of it, which if you've, if you've never had octopus, it's essentially like it's chewy and has almost no flavor. So it's almost, it's almost entirely for the texture alone. Um, for some people it's weird and I understand they're like, Oh, I don't want to eat octopus. That just sounds weird. Or, you know, it's an animal. They don't want to eat it. Um, I, I'd encourage you to get past that and just do it because it is so good. And, um, Osaka, it's extremely famous for takoyaki. Takoyaki comes, I believe it comes directly from Osaka. I I could be wrong on the history, but it's known for takoyaki, it's known as an Osaka thing. And if you go to Osaka, um, Namba, Namba is the big, uh, city downtown. It's like the biggest tourist spot. Um, you'll find takoyaki stands on every street, multiple. Um, it's just a matter of picking which one. If you do go to Osaka and actually you're looking for a specific restaurant, um, there's one in Shinsaibashi called takoyaki King, but it's in Japanese. So it's like takoyaki Kingu. It's just a Japanese accent. Takoyaki Kingu. It's like a, it's, um, almost like an izakaya. I mentioned izakayas before. It's kind of like a bar restaurant, but it's like, it's a good place to go drink. It's kind of loud and lively and people can kind of let loose and you can smoke people that smoke cigarettes. They can smoke there. So it's, it's kind of an izakaya, but it's only for takoyaki. So they have all these different flavors. You can get substitute taco for bacon. You can, oh, it's so good. I spent so many times just going there and just like, all right, I'm trying six of those, six of those, six of those. And I actually brought home a takoyaki cooker to my house, uh, from Japan. It's kind of cheap. It was only 10 bucks. So it's not like the highest quality, but it works. And, um, when I first got back from Japan, I no joke was cooking takoyaki every day. And I'm not kidding. When I say that I was cooking, I had friends that would come over they're like, Hey Eric, it's been so long. I'm like, Oh dude, you're trying this, this dish that I had in Japan almost every day. Like, come here, come here. And it's the takoyaki actually might be at the moment, like my favorite, like, not like, you know, cause you can categorize like, what's your favorite meal? What's your favorite dessert? What's your favorite? Like whatever, just my favorite thing when you're just kind of like, Oh, what do I want? Like something tasty takoyaki for sure. 
Um, okonomiyaki is more of a meal. Takoyaki is more of a snack. But you can make it a meal. Um, it's just... Um, it's more of a snack style. So a lot of people in Japan, they'll have uh, what they call takopa, which is takoyaki parties. So we did a lot of takopas in... Uh, it sounds weird to say that like in English. We did yeah takoyaki parties in like uh, friends apartments and it's a lot of fun because it's a grill um that kind of sits in the middle and everyone kind of takes turns helping out so it can be kind of like a group collective um and if you get if you get an opportunity maybe to buy a grill or you can find one online i highly recommend it it's not hard to make um it takes time but it's fun if you like have a bunch of friends and you put on some music or like a movie and while you're like waiting for it to cook you're kind of just chatting and hanging out it's really fun really sociable um, that's really good. Um, uh, we're kind of running out of time, but the last one and the obvious one, well, I guess there's a couple like sushi, obviously that's one thing. Um, I actually didn't eat a lot of sushi in Japan while I was there. As much as people think like you'd eat sushi every day, you don't, or I didn't. Um, I had it, you know, a fair amount of times, but it wasn't like people think like, oh, you can just have sushi every day, like all day, every day. You could, it's kind of expensive. Um, but there, they do have like $1 sushi spots too. There was one at my train station where I lived. Um, if I was kind of late or something, or I just wasn't in the mood to like go anywhere far, I would just walk to the train station. Cause it was like a minute from my house. And they, there was just a guy there serving 100 yen sushi, um, really cheap, not very high quality, but it was good. Um, man, I have so much I want to say on this. I apologize. I keep like, I keep pausing and being like, Oh, we have to talk about this more, but this is good. We we're going to talk about this a lot more because there's so many things I want to recommend more. I hope this was at least helpful. I feel like I just started mentioning a bunch of meals and then not like addressing them in depth. So I hope this at least, if anything, I hope this podcast gets you interested in Japanese food and to start thinking about it. Um, and to consider start like cooking it or at least going to a restaurant and trying to find, um, some of these, some of these dishes because, they exist and you can find them um, and you can cook them for sure. Um, not always. If you have like an Asian market, you can for sure um, cook a lot of these meals. Um, I really hope it gets you interested because um, Japanese food in my, I, I haven't traveled the whole world. I've been to like Mexico, Canada. Uh, I was in Europe for a while. I was in Serbia though, which is kind of a, it's a more, it's a poorer country. Uh, I guess you could call it second world or is that a thing? Um, it, they had really good food, but Jap Japan is just they they're on another level as far as like quality control um, and just putting so much effort into a good meal. It's a really big part of their culture to just enjoy good food, um, which I was more than happy about because um, the beer is pretty basic. Usually it's kind of just like almost like a Bud Light kind of you're like, oh, it's kind of boring, but you're drinking it with really, really, really delicious food. So it, it makes up for it. It's perfect. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to have to do like five more podcasts regarding food because just listing off my head, I have like really recommended places for ramen, different types of ramen. Ramen might be my favorite meal in Japan. Takoyaki is my favorite like snack and I crave it a lot, but ramen, like good Japanese ramen is no joke. One of like, it, it's like the best thing to have after drinking. It's the best thing to have just for dinner in general. If you're sick, it's probably really good. It's almost, you know, cause it's kind of like a sort a soup porridge. It's so good. Um, so what, what we're going to be talking about this more in the future with more podcasts, uh, ramen, um, different izakayas. There's one called, I think I talked about it a little bit, but Torikizoku is, um, a really, really big, if you go to Japan, you're going to see Torikizoku and any Japanese listeners are probably laughing because it's a really like generic, basic, um, izakaya in Japan, but it's really cheap, really affordable, but really, really good. Um, 
So yeah, different different ramen, different sushi, different isekayas, uh, takoyaki, okonomiyaki. Um, yeah, just good street foods, really good, um, really, really, really high-end restaurants as well, of course, but that's a little more expensive. I'm trying to keep this to like the lower end. Really good fast food. Um, there's a restaurant called Most, Most, I guess I'll do the Japanese accent, Most Baga. It's like M-O-S burger. It almost looks like Moss burger. Um, it's basically like a $10 fast food place. So it's kind of spendy, but oh baby, that is one of the best, best, it wasn't like a cheeseburger. It was like a teriyaki burger. Um, so very Japanese, but still a burger and still, you know, burger and fries and a drink. And Japan loves hamburgers. Like they, they like, it's, it's kind of sad in a sense, but, um, from what I've heard, a lot of like the youth in Japan would rather have a cheeseburger than like really good soba. Soba is, um, noodle. It means noodle. Um, it's not necessarily ramen. Soba can be just its own thing. Like you just have soba and you dip it in like a sauce and just eat that. Um, so it's, it's cool. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Like, you know, cause hamburgers are really good, but it's kind of sad to me. Cause I'm like, oh man, I want to have soba, but I'm American. So I've had cheeseburgers since I was a baby. Um, I'm kind of, you know, they're really good, but I'm, I'm also like over them. Like I can, I could, I could care less. Um, but they have really good burgers in Japan. Really, really good. Very different. Um, most burgers are really great, but yeah, just a lot of places like that. Even the food, um, this will be my last thought, I guess, and I'm going to wrap it up, but the, the food at convenience stores in Japan, oh baby, if you are in a city, um, like downtown, like, okay. Cause I was, I can only speak cause I was in Osaka. Like if you go to the countryside, um, they do have convenience stores. They're just not on every street because you're in the countryside. Obviously for me in Osaka, there was a convenience store on every street litter. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating every street. There's a convenience store. Um, there's basically three different companies. There was like, or maybe four, there's Seven Eleven, um, which is probably the biggest family Mart is really, really big. Um, there was one called on three, but it was like spelled in Japanese. It was on city. I don't know why that's the name. And I know there's another one, but I forget it right now. But those were like the top three that I can remember. And they have like ready, ready to go cooked. Um, what do they have? Like udon, um, like a thick noodle. They have this. Oh, what's the dish called? I feel really bad now. I forget what it's called. It's basically there's this dish where they serve. Um, I only had it a couple times, but if you go into Japan into a uh, 7-Eleven, you're gonna see this like tray, and you're gonna be skeptical at first. Trust me. It basically is this tray filled with hot water with different foods like sausage, um, vegetables, and things like that, like all these various things. But some of the things look like, to me, it looked like a big, thick piece of bread soaking in water. I was like, that looks disgusting. Um, get it. And I, I can't believe, I can't remember the name right now. It's like, oh, it's Olden. Olden? Googling it right now. Hold on. Olden? Yes, that's it. Olden. Okay, we got it get it. I'm looking at the pictures right now. And it, it, at a first glance, it looks disgusting. It's like vegetables. And it looks, it looks like a breadstick soaking in water, but it's, it's actually like a rice based kind of, uh, I don't know what it is to be honest, but it's like meat and like rice and whatever. And it's, it's really good. So you can go into Seven Eleven, get like a little cup and fill up various things into that and have that, um, their fried chicken in Seven Eleven. It's called Karaagebo. It's on a stick, basically. It's karaage, but on a stick. Oh my god! I, I, you think I might be just like joking? Go to Seven Eleven right now. Um, if you're in Japan and you haven't had it yet, go and get yourself karaage bowl. One, 
and just try it and then get back onto the YouTube channel and comment and let me know how it is because I guarantee it's the best, like, fast, it's the best convenient store food you've ever had in your life, guaranteed. It's not like America where there's, like, a hot dog rotating for six hours until no one buys it. Um, it's, like, fresh-made food. Um, they have these things called onigiri, um, which is, I probably ate onigiri the most out of anything I ate in Japan just for the convenience. Um, it's basically just a rice, like, if you watch, like, anime, and they have just, like, a rice ball with a piece of, like, like the piece of seaweed on there. I remember like when I was a kid watching Pokemon, they always had that. And I always, I was like, they make it look really good. And then you realize, oh, it's just rice. Like, ugh, it's not very good. Japanese rice is delicious. It's really, I don't really know how to describe it. It's just Japanese rice is, it's clean. It's, it's good. You can actually just eat the rice plain and be like, you know, it's kind of bland, but it's really good compared. It's not like American. Like if you have like rice in America, you usually think of maybe like Mexican rice. So it's a little bit more dry. It doesn't stick together. Japanese rice is usually kind of more cooked and like it's softer and it clumps together. Um, so you can get an onigiri with like a piece of meat inside of it for like a dollar. Um, basically to say really, really good food, even at the convenience stores in Japan. Um, the cafeterias are one thing, but even the convenience stores, which in America, you don't eat food at 7-Eleven. You don't order a hot dog. They have like the hot dog and you put chili and cheese on it and like, oh, I just want to throw up thinking about it. Um, if you had it fresh, sure, it might be really good, but it's 7-Eleven in America and nothing's fresh. Um, so I just, I really, today I, I got really hungry and I was just like, man, I really wish I was within walking distance to a Japanese 7-Eleven. I could go get a drink, um, a bunch of fried, it's all fried food, but I could get like an onigiri which is my rice. Um, I could get, uh, they have like vegetables and fruit. I could get a whole meal at 7-Eleven. And I was just thinking about that today. And I'm like, that's what we have to talk about today on the podcast is Japanese food is not a joke. And like I said, I haven't traveled the whole world. Um, I'm sure there's other places that have debatably maybe even better food. Um, but for me in my life, um, living as an American, Japanese food is so much better um, than American food. And I lately, um, because my, my roommate's Japanese, luckily we have a really good Japanese rice cooker. I really recommend you get a, a good rice cooker. If you want to buy a Japanese one, you're going to type it in Japanese. It's Suihanki. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Suihanki. Um, it's a real, you can put timers on it. There's different modes, different types. You can make it into a porridge. You can make it into plain rice. Um, you got to have a legit one. You don't have to, you can use like a, you can boil rice, but it's a pain. Um, if you have a suihanki, it makes it easy. You just rinse off the rice, put it in, set the timer, and when you wake up in the morning, fresh rice. And you can put, you know, then you can uh, wake up and you use that with like throughout the whole day. Uh, for breakfast, I'll make oyakudon and then I'll pack a lunch with some rice uh, and a piece of katsudon in there, have that for lunch, come home for dinner, uh, get a bowl of rice, have some like fish. Like this was if I'm in Japan, but even in America, I do this too, um, just because uh, luckily we have one. Um, but if you can get one, they, they are a little expensive, but, um, if you're someone who you think really likes Japanese food and, uh, is someone who would use it a lot, get a, a legit Japanese suihanki. Hopefully you have an Asian market nearby where you can buy some really, really good rice. Um, we buy our rice at a Japanese, uh, food market and it's really good. It's not, it's not quite the same. I think it's, um, at least like with my, the whatever rice my host family had, man, that, that shit was the best. Like it was so good. I don't know what, it, what kind it was. I want to find out what it was. Um, but the stuff we buy, uh, is pretty good. It's pretty close. So I find myself, I have rice 
almost three times a day now here in America um, just because I miss it that much and um, it's really good. So I hope that you guys get a chance to go to Japan soon um, and you know uh, put it to the test. Don't just take my word for it. Go taste it for yourself. Let me know what you think. Um, and I, I hope you have a similar reaction because I was really blown away. Um, one of the one of my favorite things I tell people my favorite things in Japan. Number one, onsen. Uh, if you've watched my video on the onsen, it's basically the Japanese hot spring, best thing in Japan. Number two, food. Well, there's a, you know I always mix it around, but it's like the top five things. It's like drinking in Japan, onsens, um, the food, um, the great people. Just, um, I think the girls are really cute. Um, I had really good friends. Everyone's really nice. I had a great host family. So I'm like, yeah, I love the people. Um, and I guess five, just the culture, just living in Japan. Um, you know, it's not for everyone. And I'm sure there's some sides of it that I haven't seen yet and that I'm still ignorant to. Um, but, um, subjectively looking back at my experience in Japan, those are my top five things. And I just, I, I really, um, really fell in love with Japanese culture and food was one of the big things that really drew me into it. Um, and it's a part of why I'm so passionate about, you know, studying Japanese and it's why I have fun making these videos. Um, my channel is just a really small channel and I do it all out of fun. You know, I do it for you guys too. I have a small, I have a small viewership and I thank you guys for watching. Um, but for me, it's really, it's like, man, I, I feel like I've like found, like I've discovered this sake, this land that no one knows about. At least, like, none of my, like, you know, people all know about Japan and they think, like, oh, I'd love to go to Japan someday. But you really don't know, like, I think, like, um, or at least a lot of, like, my Japanese friends and even myself before I went. I really didn't understand how cool of a place it is if you're into it. You know, it's not for everyone. Some people go and they're like, oh, I hate how this isn't here. I hate how this is like this. That's totally fine. But if you love a clean country, if you love clean bathrooms, if you love onsens, uh, if you love good company, if you love drinking, and if you love good food get to Japan right now because that shit's fun. Start learning Japanese. Um, it's a really, really hard language. It's challenging, but it's rewarding. And it gets me pumped up. I, you can see just, I, I, a lot of people comment saying like, you're so enthusiastic. It's cause I'm really, I really am passionate about, um, Japan and I want to know more. And I feel dumb when I don't even know the names of some of the dishes that I had in Japan and I still don't speak fluently. Um, but I hope to someday. So anyways, I'm going on a sidetrack here, but, um, I love Japanese food. And, um, we're going to do many, many, many more podcasts in the future, uh, discussing food. Uh, I have some good friends that studied with me in Japan. We message each other all the time on specific dishes. Um, tomato ramen was our favorite ramen, uh, near our school. I'm going to get those guys on. I'm going to see them soon. Also, I'm going, uh, to New York for new year's. Um, I'm really, really excited about that. I've never been to New York and, um, I'm going to meet two of my Actually, probably, out of all the American friends I made, they were my two best friends. I hope this doesn't sound weird for them because they might be listening. But out of just all the people I met as far as, like, Americans and, like, foreigners, they were, like, my two better friends for sure. Um, and we all loved this one spot that sold tomato ramen. It was so good. So we'll talk about that another time. We're going to get their opinions because um, you don't want to just hear it from me. You got to hear from other people as well. Um Thank you guys so much for listening. This was the very uh, skimmed to the surface podcast discussing uh, food in Japan. Uh, I'm now realizing we're going to have to do about six more of these to even scratch what I want to express regarding my love for Japanese food because it's so good. Um, again, we still need to talk about living with my host family. I have a lot of stories to tell. I have a story about where I went to a three-star Michelin restaurant. Um, very expensive. Um, a good friend of a friend paid for my meal and it was 
indescribably it it wasn't even food it was art it was that good i'm not kidding it was i'll never eat that good again in my life so that'll be a story for another time really excited i kind of forgot about that story um that was the best meal i'll ever eat hands down um but it's different it's not just like a restaurant it's art it's a three-star michelin you pay hundreds of dollars to go it's the way that the the order in which they bring it to you it works with like your palate and it's it's crazy um, I was blown away and that'll be a story for another time. So I have all these stories that I keep saying that I'm going to talk about and we never do. Um, so maybe when we do the live podcast, when we have more time, uh, we can do that. So again, guys, um, this Sunday, what was that? December 4th, December 4th, Sunday, uh, 5 PM, uh, Pacific time is when it's going to be starting. I don't know how long it'll be going. So feel, feel free to tune in at any point. Um, you guys will be able to interact with me in the chat room. And because I still have just a really small following, I think this will be really fun because it'll only be people who uh, so far have watched uh, the podcast and you guys have been really supportive and I thank you guys so much. You guys provide questions um, and advice and feedback. Um, I want to get you guys in and talk to you guys. I think it'll be really fun. And again, it's just fun. I'm just going to be hanging out, sipping coffee and just shooting the shit with you guys. I can't wait to do that. So um, I'm really excited for that. So please tune in. I hope you guys do. And if not, uh, we'll just have a normal podcast and it'll be live and I'll post it. Um, and for those who can't um, attend, by the way, you will be able to watch it. Um, it will get posted afterwards. Um, I hope it's still listenable uh, in post. I think I think it'll still be good. We're, we're going to treat it just like a podcast, but I'm going to be answering questions and discussing what you guys have to do in the chat. So I'm really excited for that. Please tune in. Um, again, thank you guys for watching. This is the Erica Broad. Yeah, well, uh, the Erica Broadcast. I need to get used to that. It's like the new name. This is the Erica Broadcast where we talk about Japanese culture, uh, the Japanese language, and anything related to Japan. Um, if you like the video, please like and comment down below. If you are listening on SoundCloud, please give me a like and a follow on there as well. Um, and if again, if something like this happens where my podcast is delayed or anything, I'll always post it on Instagram because it's the only way I know how at least at, uh, at this point. So if you guys want to get like those kind of updates, follow me on Instagram. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Follow, subscribe, share all that stuff. Thank you guys for listening so much. And, uh, I will see you guys on Sunday at 5 PM Pacific standard time, not specific Pacific standard time. <laughs> and yeah, really looking forward to it. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good week and I'll see you on Sunday. Have a good night guys. Ja, mata. Peace.